0: Hey, good morning. Hey, one of the things that Daniel forgot to uh, clarify um, when he was doing community building is is that we'll be doing baptisms at the American River. Um, So if you're looking for a memorable experience, then we will tie a rope around you uh, to make sure you do not float away or anything of that nature. So, sorry, Daniel, you gotta get it down, buddy. Gotta get it down, so. That's right. We don't want to lose anybody in the process. Uh, Good morning. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. um, And so glad that you're here this morning as uh, we get to, to kick off our new year of 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, of coming together and, and worshiping together. And, and just, uh, uh, again, a clarification of Cold Springs Church is that, you know, we all know that, you know, coronavirus continues to spread and that there's all kinds of things that are going on. That This is a place that we're a people that we support you, what you need to do to be safe. And uh, if that's where it mass, we really encourage that. Um, if that is creating some distance um, uh, or connecting with us online, then we support you in doing that. We want people to be safe. And so we're thankful that we are c- continue to, to worship together and to gather together and to encourage one another. And, and um, these times, I'm sure 2022 is just going to be completely, it's all going to be over and everything's going to be phenomenal, right? No more fires, no more record 50-year record uh, snowstorms <laughs> burying people and power off and everything like that. I'm sure none of that's going to happen. But here's the thing that we can be sure of, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Amen. right? Amen. And that, um, that is what we stand on because things change. The world changes around us all the time, but Jesus is unchanging. And that is who we focus on here at Cold Springs Church, is that how do we have that foundation? How do we stand and how do we live in that foundation of Jesus Christ in our life? So let's, uh, let's pray together, okay? Jesus, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your grace that has sustained us through another year, through 2021, and your grace that meets us at the beginning of this new year of 2022. Um, And as we open up our hearts, our lives, our minds, our spirits, um, our emotions, um, all of ourselves to you, Lord, we pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would walk with us in a way that we would recognize and see your presence with us, that your strength and your power would be the thing that upholds us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever and that we can depend upon that, we can trust in that, that we can lean upon that, we can find great comfort and strength in times of challenge, in times of great joy, that we know that you are with us. And Lord, help us as, as we live in that recognition that you are with us, to be with one another as well in these days and in these times, so that we could encourage one another, that we could lift each other up that we can help each other to walk faithfully with you. Lord, speak to our hearts today through your Holy Spirit, through your words, speak to our hearts. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Question. And this is gonna be a question that I'm gonna keep sort of coming back to, but it's a question that I, I, I actually want you to think about right now but it's going to be the, I'm going to give you the end of the sermon right now. Some of you are like, oh, great, awesome, I can go. Uh, no, I'm going to give you the end of the sermon. The end of the sermon is this. is to ask yourself, what is your treasure? What is your treasure? Let me uh, read a scripture from Jesus. It's found in the, in the gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys that field. What is your treasure? What is your treasure? Now, the story of Jesus is actually not all that far-fetched in the real world. But Jesus is telling, he's using a parable, he's using a story here in order to, to, to focus people, to, to give an illustration about what's most important and what you would do in your life if you found the thing that was of the utmost and greatest value. How much would you be willing to sacrifice? How much would you be willing to... To give for that. Back in 2014, somewhere in the gold country, somewhere here in the gold country of of California, a couple was walking their dog out on their property and they noticed a rusty old can sticking up a little bit out of the ground. And so curious, they went over and they explored and they pulled this can out of the ground and the can was full of gold coins. And it wasn't the only can, so, so they began to explore some more. In fact, in that sort of parcel of land, they came to find a number of cans that were full of gold coins that somebody had buried at various points long time ago in the past, because the coins were from the 1800s. They were gold coins, and they were, there were 1,400 pieces of gold that were on their property. Why don't those things happen to me, right? Everybody's gonna go for a walk with your dog you' if you don't have a dog, you're gonna find somebody's dog. you're gonna go for a walk today, right? It's like fourteen hundred pieces of gold in eight decaying metal cans in almost perfect condition and um you know one of those one of those coins so twenty gold uh twenty $420 gold pieces, $50, $10 gold pieces, four or $5 gold pieces. One of the coins was the so-called 186 1866S no Motto Double Eagle that had as a value, it just in itself, that one coin, over a million dollars. Now imagine if you were on that walk. But it wasn't your property, but there was a for sale sign that you walked by to get to the place that you walked. What would you give? What would you do? What would you cash in? What would you sell out in order to buy in? Now, have you noticed that there's lots of, lots of people saying, sell out everything so you can buy into this? Because it's going to make you rich. It's going it's to get you everything that you want. There's lots of those schemes that are out there, but Jesus is saying there is something worth, there is a treasure that is some that is worth more than anything else that you could have in your life. So, another way to look at this question of what is your treasure is, is the question of what are you selling out for? Now, oftentimes you know, when we say that about somebody, oh, they sold out. It's a very negative term, right? Is, is that they, they just, they sold their values, they sold their artistic, you know, license for money, or they sold whatever. But it doesn't have to be a, a negative term if what we're sold out for has eternal value and, and a legacy impact, but we live in a world where we are constantly being asked to sell out, and people are doing it in, in order to get very intangible, very uneternal things. There's a, you know, a whole group of people who, that have arisen within the social media, as that has risen, of influencers. And influencers simply are basically people who go out and they, um, and they do things that attract followers. And so the more followers they have, the more money they can make off of their influence. And oftentimes they have products or that type of thing. But one of the big ways that people do this influencing is they'll go to exotic places or they'll do dangerous things. And it's not uncommon throughout the year to read about an influencer who was doing a sketchy, dangerous thing who leaned a little bit too far over the cliff, and they aren't influencing anybody now because they're dead. They sold out. They, they were they were committed. They, they sold out. Or there's young people who are selling out their bodies for money because they can make a quick... Money online, or selling out for pleasure and ease today instead of impact and true influence in the future, because that impact and influence, if you look at the fullness of life, it engages hard work that we have to do, it engages growth and education of experiences that we have. But it's like, no, I'm going to live right now for the today, what I can get today. Or we can sell out to anxiety over the uncontrollable things in our life instead of surrendered faith that brings peace. And and here's the the good news, bad news, right? The bad news is, is that all of us have sold out. And all of us are being tempted to sell out in our life. It's a challenge that we constantly face of selling out, of compromising our values, compromising our integrity, compromising something in order to get usually something that we view is going to bring a value to us. But Jesus says there's something greater out there. There's there's a a greater life. Now, the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the message of Jesus is is that all of us sellouts, (laughs) you and me, all of us are not too far from the grace and the love of Jesus. That he, through his life and his death and his resurrection, that he gives us hope. He gives us another chance. He gives us renewed life. That's the beauty of the gospel. So, So this idea of treasure... Of, of what do you treasure, also comes into this question of what is it that inspires you? What kind of inspired life are you engaged with, are you living out of? And that's what I want to talk about today, of living inspired. And So again, going to a different passage of, of Matthew and some other words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 through 21. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 6. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also where your treasure is there your heart will be also so that can be a helpful guide when we begin to think about what is my treasure when we wrestle with that question what is it that i treasure looking at jesus's words hmm where is my heart Living inspired is living out of your heart. And, and here's, here's the, the, a bit of the challenge, is that we can think that living an inspired life means that I have the perfect context to live my life. Right, That my marriage is perfect, that my children are perfect, my job is perfect, my neighbors are perfect, my car is perfect, my house is perfect, my retirement account is perfect, all of that. Then I'm inspired, you know, that we think it's all context. Is that if I just had these things, then my context was good enough, then I would live an inspired life. But living inspired isn't as much about your context, about where you are. It is more about your content of who you are. Of who you are. And the treasure principle um, that we're going to be looking at over these next few weeks is is based off of a book by uh, Randy Alcorn um, called... The Treasure Principle, Unlocking the Secret of Joyful Giving. And there's a number of these copies that are out there on the information uh, table. As you walk in, you're happy, you're free to grab one for your family. Encourage you to read it. It's my kind of book because it's short, right? You know, you might actually make it through there. Um, and here's, here's what he, he, he says in this, is that the, the treasure principle, the basic treasure principle is this. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. That's where we're going to unpack that. And so the beginning of this idea of, of not being able to take it with you is, is, is settling an ownership issue within your life. So to, to live an inspired life, we, we have to, to determine the source of our inspiration. What is it that's driving us? What is it that is, is, is drawing us? What is it that's pushing us to pursue the things that we're pursuing in our life? Or what is lacking that's keeping us in stock in the rut that we find ourselves? Might be the other side of things. Again, what is your treasure? And we ever, you know, a lot of times we can ask the question, who am I? But the answer to this question flows, flows ultimately out of more of the fundamental question of whose am I? Not who am I is not the most important question, but whose am I? And our world, you know, has a very loud and very passionate answer to that question. Did you know that? The world around us has a very loud, very passionate answer to that question. And the answer is, is that you are yours. You were nobody else's. And what that means is that you can determine for yourself anything that you want. You can determine your gender. You can determine your future. You can determine your past. You can determine who's going to be around you. You can determine all of this. Everything is about you and you alone. You are the, the one who determines everything in your life. There's a very loud voice. Nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody determines. You are self-determined. That's what the world's answer is. But there's a different answer. And I'm going to go from uh, sort of easy to hard in this whole thing of settling ownership. And, the, and, and, and actually sort of the easy one to begin with is settling ownership of your stuff, of the things that you have, of your assets, of your, uh, of your wealth, of your possessions. And, and it's the question of are you possessed or are you God's possession? The, the psalmist writes this in Psalm 24.1. He says, the earth is the Lord's. And everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. That's pretty, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty um, uh, all-inclusive statement, isn't it? That everything, people, everything belong to the Lord. That God is the Lord. He is, the, I mean, that's the meaning of the Lord. He's the, uh, of the word Lord. He's the king. He's, he's the ruler. He is the creator. He is the one who holds all things together. It's all God's. Everything, every one of us, everything that we have, it belongs to God. And, and we can oftentimes forget that life is a fleeting thing, that we can get so caught up in the pursuit of life that we forget to live life. And, and the way that that uh, exposes itself really... Um, loudly in the world, in the context we live today, is how many people are capturing life on their phones, but not living life that they're capturing. great example of it. I've been watching the college football, um, because there's like, I don't know, 150,000 college football, you know, bowl games, right, going on right now. Um, And except for the ones who've been canceled. So but yesterday, watching a number, you know, of, of, of these football games, and here was a scene that happened over and over again. Is that is the camera, you know, the, the team's about ready to score. They're, they're there in the red zone, you know, within the 20-yard line. They're getting ready to score, and the play is set up. And so the camera comes from the back of the quarterback looking into the end zone. And you see on the other side of the end zone, you see in the, in the stands, all these people holding up their phones, to capture the moment that the big score happens, it's going to win the game. And they're looking at the panorama through a four by three inch screen. Of which they probably, I mean, let's be honest. How many videos have you taken that you have never ever watched again? They're just somewhere in the cloud. But you're, you're capturing the event, and you're missing the event. In the getting of life, we forget one important thing. is that God owns it all. So we, we're, we're trying to get all this stuff, and, and yet we're not living in the moment that God has given us. And everything can come and go in the blink of an eye. The story was told of of John D. Rockefeller, um, who at, at at the time that he lived, he was one of the most wealthy men ever to live. And after he died, someone asked his accountant, how much did John D. leave? And the accountant said, all of it. Think about that for a second. How much did he leave? All of it. You know, Steve Jobs... Passed away, one of the great entrepreneurial minds within the the tech industry. Amazing, you know, person, extraordinary wealth. How much did he leave? All of it. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook dude, right? Meta now, if you didn't catch that news, right? Um, How much is he gonna leave? All of it. Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, you know, flying, you know, into outer space for fun now. How much is he going to leave? He's going to leave all of it. Taylor Swift. How about the Kardashians? How much are they going to leave? All of it. How much are you going to leave? How much am I going to leave? All of it. Because you can't take it with you. God owns us all. And we are the precious possession of God. And God's wealth and his blessings are greater than what we can accumulate. That there is that a treasure greater than anything that we can accumulate, that we can hoard. Um, this, the, writer, the wisdom writer in Proverbs, in Proverbs 8, 18 through 21, says, I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth, and I will fill their treasuries. Now, Lady Wisdom is the one who is speaking here to us. And what we gain from wisdom, which comes from walking with God, is so much greater than pursuing anything else in all of life. That's what is making this contrast. Now, and here's the ironic, particularly within, within us who live in an American context, so oftentimes a wise life oftentimes does lead to some amazing blessings, some amazing financial blessings. I was uh, visiting a relative down in uh, Santa Cruz, Capitola area, and I was riding my bike around all these neighborhoods, and I was just overwhelmed by the, the amount of wealth that we're surrounded in Calvary and the, the amount of wealth that we have surrounding us. We are a blessed people, we have a lot. But the wisdom writer says, you know what? It's not all there is. It's not even the best that there is. So here's a question. Do you want all that you can get? Or do you want all that God can give? Do you want all that you can get? Or do you want all that God can give? And they're two very different paths that we take according to our answer. Because all that I can get is all about me, that self determination. But all I can, God can give, is all about surrender. So, settling the ownership of your stuff is a, the easy one. Then there's settling ownership of your abilities, of your gifts. Is another one. Let me read to you out of uh, Romans chapter 12. Paul writes these words. He says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And now now Paul is teaching here saying, listen, th- there are gifts and abilities that you have that God has blessed you with. Be honest with yourself about them, but then engage them and be involved in the world with them. Use them. Serve others according to the gifts that you have. Now, here's the thing, is, is that suddenly in ownership of your abilities is interwoven with surrendering your time because you can't use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to serve others without sacrificing time and energy that it takes to do so. To serve others with your gifts is to give your time first to God and then to others. So again, so who owns Your gifts and abilities. Well, Paul says, well, God has given those. Those are gifts that he's given you. I remember I invited a guy um, a number of years ago to come and lead a prayer conference for us. And I just had gotten his number. I called him out of the blue. uh, You know, got his uh, secretary. His secretary is a pastor up in Oregon, Jefferson, Oregon. And she passed me on into D-Duke. And I asked him to come and lead this conference. And he said, yes. And I was shocked. He didn't say like, well, I have to pray about it. Because this is like a big prayer dude, right? You know, he, he had started these prayer movements up in Oregon and stuff. I think, well, at least he's going to say, well, I, I need to pray about it, right? And, and I asked him later, I said, why did you say, why did you say yes? Um, he said, well, I prayed already that morning that I would see the opportunities that God brings into my life, and I, was, and, and I said yes to them the first thing this morning. So I didn't have to pray about it later, because I'd already prayed about it at the beginning of my day, that I saw the things that came to me were God's movement in my life. I was like, oh, okay, thank you for saying yes. See, that was a surrender of, okay, God, I am here to serve you. I trust that the opportunities you bring into my path are led by you. So within what Paul says here, life's measurement, our life's measurement is faith. Verse 3, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So how is your faith doing? That's life's measurement. Now, faith's measurement is serving according to your gifts. Again, down in verse 6, according in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now, that faith thing isn't just for prophecy, it's for all the gifts there. Is, is that live out your faith in what you do? And just, just a, a um, little uh, caveat to this here is, is that living in faith is not the easiest path that you can take. If you're not being challenged in using the gifts that you have, then you're probably not living in faith. It is going to stretch you. So don't think, oh, well, you know, it's easy, so I've got a lot of faith. No, step into the challenge. Do the hard stuff. And then, now here's the hard one. Those two are the easy ones. Here's the hard one. Settling ownership of your life. Settling ownership of your life. Another teaching of Jesus, Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 39. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find us. You think, oh, come on, Dave. It's the first Sunday in 2022. Come on, back off. Be a little nicer. What's up with these words? I, they're Jesus's words. Sorry, I'm just I'm passing them on to you because they're they're the difference between life and death. The teaching of Jesus is rather clear and straightforward. Jesus says, "Put me first." Put me first. Who owns your life? It's a question of, of, of ownership of your life. And it, it, it's what does Jesus want me to do right here, right now? What does Jesus want me to do right here, right now? Now, the difference between being religious with Jesus and being devoted to Jesus is all about love. To be really clear. I'm not talking about, okay, you, what, what 2022, my goal for all of us at Cold Spring Church is we're going to be more religious. We're going to be more fervent. No, it is not at all. Is that we would be more in love. Love Jesus most in your life, and he comes first. And if you love other things most, they will come first. What is your treasure? What is your treasure? So that third choice of your life is the foundation for the other two choices of your stuff and and your time and abilities in your life. If you can face who owns your life and give that one over to God, if you can submit, if you can relinquish yourself to God, the questions of what happens to the resources that God is blessed you with, entrusted you with, with the gifts and abilities that you've been blessed with, they, they, be, they become easier. Nothing, I'm not saying it becomes easy. It becomes easier. But you've settled the most fundamental question of, whose am I? Okay, so inspired living lesson number one is this. A surrendered life to God Results in a treasure full life. Now. Right now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus teaches us to pray. And forever. A surrendered life to God results in a treasure full life now. And forever. Forever. So you and I, we're stewards. We're, we're, we've been given the, the opportunity to, to manage to steward our stuff and our time and abilities and ultimately our life. And so I, I gave you the end of the sermon, sermon at the beginning of the sermon, so I'm coming back to the beginning of the sermon, which is actually the end of the sermon. Did you catch that? Okay, and it's simply this. This is my, this is my invitation, my challenge to you this week. Is, is that you would pray all week a very simple prayer. And the prayer is this. Jesus, show me what I treasure. Amen. Let's say that together in case I don't want you to forget, okay? just, just I'm going to say, Jesus, show me what I treasure. Amen. Okay, let's say it together. Jesus, show me what I treasure. Amen. Jesus, show me what I treasure. Amen. And then listen. And watch. And hear. Because if you pray that prayer, the Spirit of God is going to show you. It's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. Because by praying that prayer, you are beginning the first step of saying, Jesus, I want it to be you. But we can't usually move to there until we know where we are here. Jesus, show me what I treasure.